Hello and welcome back. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm not actually sure what number we're on. This might be 51 or 52. We're in the 50s, check me out. Um, I've done more than 50 podcasts. Today I want to talk to you because we are entering into silly season and it definitely is silly season because we just completely abandon how we would normally behave, don't we? Like some people go one way, they're so regimented that their routine stays the same and other people just seem to see it as an excuse to just let all of their non-negotiables go. Um, now, obviously, I do think that this is a great period, especially towards the end of December where you should, you know, be taking some time back, working a little bit less, being a bit more social, being with your family a little bit more. But do I think you should completely let go of all of your routine and not do anything? No, I think that's probably going to make it really hard for you come January. So this episode, I just want to talk about five of my kind of key tips for December and how to kind of thrive. We're not talking about surviving Christmas. I hate that. Like we should be thriving in Christmas. This is a really special time of the year. Um, So I'm going to try and keep it to five points, try and keep it nice and succinct. Uh, Probably will ramble. Hopefully this kind of gives you a bit of a plan or an idea of what to focus on for the next few weeks so that you don't come out the other side of this, you know, feeling absolutely shite. Maybe you will, right? But minimizing how shite you feel, let's say. Um, And something that I've been speaking about with my clients recently is having some non-negotiables. So what is absolutely bare minimum that I would like to do each week? And then what is maybe best case scenario? And if you fall anywhere in between that, then great but not putting too much pressure on yourself to keep up your normal routine because that might be really difficult. Um, And it also just allows a bit of room for you to relax and have a bit of downtime. So number one, my key tip for December is to keep eating regularly. Like I cannot stress enough how important this is, especially if the thought of social occasions actually stresses you out. The last thing you want to be doing is skipping meals in the run up to that. if we think about on a kind of regulation and energy management standpoint, eating regularly really helps with regulating your mood, regulating your emotions, you know, stopping you from feeling even more stressed if you are stressed about potentially seeing certain people or being in certain situations that maybe, you know, you don't enjoy being in. So sticking to regular meals, even if your meals are different sizes, different portions, you're maybe eating different types of food, just trying to keep that regular eating pattern is going to keep that habit in place. If you start skipping meals, you're obviously then potentially increasing the likelihood that you might overeat at certain social occasions Um, It also means that when you, you know, come out the other end of December and into January, you still have a regular eating pattern and it's not that you need to completely change your eating pattern, it's just that you now need to focus on eating the foods that you would normally, you know, having less cheese and less mince pies, probably. (laughs) But really, really thinking that eating regularly helps me to regulate my mood, it helps to regulate my body, it helps all of my hormones to be working in harmony and 
when you stop eating regularly, you're going to be putting that out of sync and that can, you know, play some havoc, especially if you are somebody that's working on your relationship with food at the moment. Um, We know that skipping breakfast increases the likelihood that people will overeat or binge later on. We see that in the research a lot. So even if you just think, right, I'm just going to nail my breakfast, I'm going to make sure I get that every morning and then see what the rest of the day holds, then do that. Um, I always think if you can start the morning on your own terms, you kind of want to you know, a third or a quarter of the day there. And I think that's quite important. Um, Another thing is, you know, I hear this all the time is people get bloated, right? Especially when you eat differently and you're eating different foods. Um, Maybe, you know, the more energy dense food, a little bit less nutrient dense food, which is fine. Um, So then people start to reduce their, skip meals, reduce their eating because people conflate being bloated with, you know, feeling fatter when that's not the case. Bloating is normal and bloating happens. But then when you do that, that also can make bloating worse. We know that not eating regularly contributes to bloating. So again, backwards thinking of, I'm just going to skip meals because that might make it worse. You want to give your kind of gut and your body that regular intake so it can keep other things quite regular. Um, So that would be number one tip. Keep eating regularly. Even if the foods that you eat change, keep that habit, keep that consistency. The second thing is including all of the foods that you tend to eat, you know, at work dues, at Christmas buffets, on Christmas day, on Boxing Day, whatever, trying to include some of those foods. Now, I personally have been eating mince pies since October, right? (laughs) And I'm not saying you have to do that, but I'm kind of over it now. I'm like, I can give, you know, I can leave or take a mince pie. If they're there, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, if I fancy one, but I haven't kind of put them on this pedestal where... I love mince pies so much that I only let myself have them at this one time of year. It's kind of the same as, you know, when you restrict your intake in one day, you may then overeat later on in that day. If you restrict yourself of these foods most of the year, then when it comes to this time of the year, the chances of you overeating on them are heightened. So we know that when we're trying to reduce the perceived value of foods, um, that having them kind of any time, any day, And seeing them as kind of a normal thing that you can just have whenever you fancy it rather than this big, huge treat that needs to be earned is is really kind of key to removing this like all or nothing approach that can come with food at this time of year. So if it's stolen or mince pies or it's cheese, trying to incorporate that randomly throughout the week and throughout your days if it's in the house you know not avoiding it and being like oh no I'll wait until Saturday to have that or Sunday and I'll have it as a treat you can have it whenever that would be tip number two number three is keep moving and I haven't said exercise and I haven't said train obviously that's part of movement but keep moving as much as you can and thinking about Again, how that's going to help with digestion, feeling, you know, sluggish. We know when we have like maybe bigger meals or different food, we can feel quite sluggish. It's a really nice way of getting out and getting some fresh air, maybe getting some sunlight. I don't know about you, but I I don't know. There's something so, I don't want to say magical, but something so different about like low winter sun when you go out for a walk, especially when you're not working and you're maybe with your family. So taking that opportunity to go and do that, especially after you've eaten, can really help 
with feeling better. And also, again, it keeps up that habit of going and getting outside and being more active. Um, now, am I saying that you can't take a few days to just do toss all and sit on your ass? No. But does that always feel good? Also, no. Really get away from, oh my God, I've eaten so much food, I need to burn it off. Like, if you're here and you're listening to this, you're hopefully someone that is trying to step away from this thinking or doesn't have this kind of thinking. But on the flip side of that, what can be really helpful is, you know what? I've eaten some good fucking food this week. I have eaten more calories than usual. And I'm going to go hit some fucking PBs in the gym. Like there is nothing wrong with putting that food to good use. And that's different from, oh my God, I need to burn this off because I'm going to gain weight. This is, oh my God, yes, I'm so full of excess energy. I'm going to go smash some training. Very different mindsets, but I do think that they can be really helpful. So, you know, again, take the opportunity to maybe train in different gyms. If you're traveling to see friends or see family, try and meet up with other people that maybe train. Getting in a different environment can be really great. Um, I've actually been doing that myself this week just to mix it up. Plus, it's warmer in some places than others. So I've been trying to get to places where it's warm. Um, But just trying to think about where can I get little opportunities to get more movement in because let's be honest it does feel good even if at the time you think no I want to stay indoors you know I want to drink some um what do they call them is it snowballs what's the one with advocate in it oh guys you're gonna have to tell me because I can't think maybe it'll come to me um by the end of this podcast yeah maybe it will be great to stay indoors and drink those why don't you go for a walk and then come back and drink those so number three is move regularly Number four is quite a big one. Um, And this is the conversations that you're going to have with friends and family members, especially towards January when people are going back to Slimming World and they're talking about diets and they're talking about weight loss and they're talking about how gross they find their bodies. And this definitely, if you're trying to step away from this, can have an impact on you. Or you start to realise, like, fucking hell, I have been surrounded by this for so long. It has impacted me for so long. And it can be really hard to put that boundary in place of disengaging from that conversation. Obviously, my biggest piece of advice would be disengage from that conversation. Or if you can, and you feel able to, um, set that boundary. You know, just saying, I actually don't really feel comfortable. I want to talk about this at the moment. Could we change the subject? Or you could literally just change the subject yourself. Something that I heard the other day that I think is great, especially if, you know, you've got older generations who just fucking say what they think, don't they? It just comes out of their mouth. And a lot of their kind of cultural norms and their own beliefs and values are very different to us these days. Um, And, you know, they don't mean to be offensive, but it can be really offensive, right? When they're constantly talking about your body and what you look like and what you're eating and how much you're eating. Um, And when it's maybe around young ones and your children and, you you know, you're thinking, oh, God, I don't want this to impact my kids like it's impacted me. Maybe you giving a positive reframe for everything negative that people say, um, you know, and the example that I heard the day was, you know, if someone makes comment of like, oh, my gosh, how much food have you got on that plate? Whether that's to you or to somebody else, your reframe could be, I know, doesn't it look great? Like, I actually cannot wait to eat this. Or I know I'm going to be so full of energy for going for a walk later or for the rest of the day or for training tomorrow. Or, you know, you don't even have to justify it that way, but just a positive reframe um, of, oh my gosh, 
look how much food you've got. Like, oh my gosh, how delicious is that going to be? It's great that you have an appetite. And just trying to have that reframe for it, whether it's for yourself or for someone else. When it comes to body comments, you know, again, if people want to talk about that and you can't disengage, there may be a positive reframe, especially if it's directed at somebody else or even if it's about you, you know, if someone makes a comment about you and it's about, I don't, here's an example, right? Nans love to do this, don't they? Um, and they say something backhanded like, you know, oh, haven't you got a big juicy bum? <laughs> that was one that I heard um, at a family party a, a while ago. Uh, you know, aren't you, you're, you're filling out, don't you look great? And it's such a backhanded compliment. And, you know, something that you could say back was like, you know what? Yeah, this is the best I've felt in ages. I feel really healthy. Um, I feel really settled and it's great. That will, you know, end the conversation nine times out of 10. So try and reframe conversations, disengage from conversations or just set your own boundaries. What I would advise against is trying to get into debates if you feel confident about having a debate go for it but you know sometimes you've got to recognize when you're maybe banging a drum that no one's listening to probably you know a lot of especially older generations they're setting their ways they're setting their beliefs so they're not going to change their mind and accepting that can be quite peaceful as well um you don't want to be spending your time at social gatherings arguing with people about the fact that you know Slimming clubs are toxic and certain supplements don't work. The fifth one, I probably think this ties into to the, the previous point, and this is try not to be influenced by others. Again, there's a lot of kind of sometimes thoughts around, oh my God, no one's eating as much as me or no one else is hungry when I am or everybody else is eating but I'm not hungry and then that can kind of sometimes influence your decisions. So I'm just going to put it out there. If you're hungry you can eat even if no one else is eating. And on the flip side, if everybody else is eating and you're not hungry, you don't have to eat. It's easy for me to say this, but I really, really cannot emphasize this point enough. You need to think about what you want to do rather than thinking about what everybody else wants or thinks about what you're doing. Because they don't really matter. You know, you might love them, they might be family, but still... It's not worth you making yourself feel uncomfortable or whether that's by overeating or undereating just because nobody else is doing it. So it's okay if you order something different to everybody else. It's okay if you order more than anybody else. It's okay if everyone's having a starter and you don't want one. It's okay if nobody's having a pudding but you want one. Start getting confident in your own choices instead of letting self-doubt creep in about what everyone else is doing. It doesn't fucking matter. It matters what you're doing. Um, so try and think about how will I feel if I don't do this? How will I feel if I do this? Um, you know, in a few hours time, am I going to be happy that I did this? Or am I going to be thinking, oh God, I wish I didn't do that. That can be quite a good reference point. There is my five points, but I have something that I would like to add. And I think that's, you know, December is probably not a time to be dieting, even if you have an aesthetic fat loss goal. I think this is a great time to stick with foundational habits, maybe lay down some foundational habits so that into the new year you can tackle that fat loss goal. Um, I, You know, I'm not going to say, oh, don't do new year, new me. I know that new year is actually a great time for some people to have that reset and it might be the kickstarting thing that gets you into better habits and that's fine. But what you shouldn't do is then write the whole of December off because you know that January is coming. 
take this time, set some, you know, non-negotiable things, try and stick to some habits, try and, you know, not leave yourself feeling totally shite. Um, unless you're really time constrained, unless you hate Christmas and unless it's, unless it's actually a really lonely and difficult time for you, then yeah, by all means, maybe you will diet now and, and use this to kind of focus on yourself and focus on your habits and that might be quite a positive thing for you. But for most people, I think you're just trying to ask too much of yourself. If you do have a family and you are seeing a lot of people and doing a lot of things. Um, and that leads me on to the last bit, which is thinking about your non-negotiables versus what's optimal. So I'll give you some examples. My non-negotiables will be getting to like the gym to do strength training or CrossFit, whatever that looks like, twice a week. Non-negotiable twice a week. Optimal, three or four times a week. Um, but anywhere in between that, between two and four is great. But two is non-negotiable because I know that that is actually really accessible for me. Three or four might take a little bit more effort and a little bit more planning and a little bit more sacrifice here and there. In terms of movement, getting out every day, like non-negotiable, I want to be hitting at least, you know, around eight to 10,000 steps. I don't really give myself a target, but I know that if I've done that, I have generally gotten outdoors and I have moved around more. So that's my non-negotiable, like best case scenario, it's going to be more than that. And I will have had like quite a formal time walking of like 40 minutes. Um, but otherwise, like 10 minutes of just parking a little bit further from places, you know, walking to the shop if I need something, that's my non-negotiable. When it comes to nutrition, just having three meals a day, three set meals, even if they look different, three set meals. Best case scenario, I'm having three meals that are mixed. I'm getting protein, I'm getting carbohydrates, I'm getting micronutrients, like that's kind of, you know, eating my go-to foods that I would normally eat. But the non-negotiable is if I stray away from them, we go out for breakfast or we go somewhere else for dinner, that I am still having three meals regardless. I'm not skipping them. Um, and I'm not, you know, grazing all day. I'm having actual meals to keep that consistency. So have a little think to yourself. What are my non-negotiables? What are my absolute best case scenarios? Write them down, have them in your mind and try and use that as a guide for December. But that's it. That's all I wanted to say for this episode. I hope that it's useful. Um, as always, if you've got any questions or topics you want me to cover, then let me know. Otherwise, have a brilliant December. And I will probably see you again in the next few weeks, or you will hear my voice again over the next few weeks. Uh, but if you are feeling super stuck and you do want to start making some better pro better progress, instilling some better habits when it comes to your relationship with food and how you approach food before Christmas, like by all means, you absolutely can. You can do a lot in a few weeks. So reach out if you want some support. Otherwise maybe in the new year. Um, our group coaching will be back also. So there's a little plug for you. But I'm just happy that you're listening. If you found it useful, please share. Tag me on socials. I love that shit. You know I do. And happy mince pie hunting. <laughs>